He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Ha <laughs> ha. Welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the studio, intercom, in the Miracle Mile, fresh off a plane from Seattle, Washington, the beautiful and very cold Pacific Northwest. But I'm in the studio now, and that's all that really matters. It's the Transparent Truth, baby. Recording live on a Tuesday. I know you're going to hear this on a Wednesday. I want to bring in my co-host, my friend, Mr. Greg Biggins. GB, how you feel? Hey, what's up, Keith? I feel good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I understand that you had a birthday that just passed. I did. Congratulations, man. How's Thank it feel to be 50 sir. years old? Oh, man, don't age me just like that. That's the, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the wife post. She was just kind of trying to get revenge for me calling her 50. I'm, only, I'm a young, spry 47. So nice. Give me, those, give me those three years. Okay. I'll take those three years. No, man, you're 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 a strong forty seven, man. If I'm forty seven and I look half as good as you, I'm gonna be praying. I'm gonna be praying and thanking <laughs> God. But God uh, bless you. Yeah, no, that that's a good thing. Congratulations, forty seven years old and, and going strong. And uh, you know, one thing about you, Greg, that I can say is that um, you are not a guy who lacks for um, substance. In terms of who you are and, and what you do, and you know, because what you do is definitely different from who you are. But in your work, kind of who you are comes out in what you do, and I can appreciate that. And, and I'm not gonna say all the time I like maybe what you have to say or what you do or whatever the case may be, but I can respect it because you are who you are, on camera, off camera, and uh, you're unapologetically that, and I respect that. Well, thank you, I think. I think that might have been a compliment somewhere in there. I'll yeah. take it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I don't know anybody that loves everything about somebody. I don't love everything yeah. about my wife. All right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop right there. All right? got to stop right there. Yeah. So i make sure I got some food when I get home. But anyways, it's Transparent Truth. I got my boy Greg Biggins here with me. And uh, we do it every Tuesday. And it's a great thing. We got to jump into recruiting real quick. GB. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. Hit us with some nuggets. Yeah, so the big news over the weekend in terms of a commitment was Jordan Berry, Narbonne High School, going to LSU. Uh, took an unofficial visit out there for junior day. They had a big junior day. Uh, something like 50 visitors were on campus. Uh, Elias Ricks, another West Coast visitor, was out there. He was already committed. But uh, Jordan Berry, for me, Keith, it was kind of interesting. Um, you know, part-time starter at, at Narbonne. The guy's got some some gifts with terms of the size, and he's a he's a pretty mobile kid, a natural athlete. But I haven't haven't, haven't really seen it yet in terms of just a dominant player. So uh, you know LSU SEC, that's a whole different animal. So we'll see how that stacks up. And I hope for Jordan, he's under the impression that he still needs to work. It may sound funny, but he still needs to work to kind of maintain that commitment. Uh, the way things go nowadays, even if you commit. Man, schools are still going to be watching you, evaluating you, and they will recruit over you if they don't feel like you're progressing. Um, I've seen it happen time and time again. So uh, happy for Jordan going to a great school. Coach Orgeron's a great D-line coach, but uh, he's got to keep working hard. And like I said, man, 
uh, this one isn't over until pen is put to paper, Keith. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Jordan Berry, a physical interior player up out of Narbonne High School in Harbor City, uh, a kid whose talent right now overmatches his production on the football field, but... Obviously, Greg, the Tiger coaches believe in him. Um, they're excited about his future, and uh, they're excited enough to extend an offer. Jordan Berry, congratulations to him and his family making a commitment. But as you previously stated, GB, he'll need to continue to work and develop and grow and produce and be the guy that they're looking to come in and play early in the SEC West. So, Jordan Berry, congratulations, but stay on your grind. Jordan's a good kid, um, easy kid to root for. But, uh, you know, used to be, you know, an offer meant something. Uh, nowadays, it's almost like offers are more like evaluation letters. Yes. Now we're at a point where commitments are kind of like what offers used to be. Yes. you got to still work hard. Also had a couple of D commitments from quarterbacks. And neither one of them I, w- I would say was too shocking. Uh, Newbury Park quarterback Ben Gobranson decommitted from Cal. He made a real early commitment there before, I, I think before his junior season even. But uh, since then, kind of uh, the Cal staff has kind of been rearranged. Former quarterback coach Marcus Sopo has now moved to tight ends. Um, and I know Cal is continue, continuing to recruit other quarterbacks. I think they want to take two quarterbacks. And I think for Ben, I think he just kind of wanted to open things back up again and, and still look at Cal, but just still kind of check out all of his options and just make sure that you know Cal is the best spot for him and he fits what Cal wants to do. And then uh, also Patrick Roberg. Uh, committed to Louisville. And this is always one that was, I, I, I didn't know if this was ever going to be rock solid, only because he committed when there wasn't a staff in place. He took a visit out there, and um, I know he made a comment uh, via Twitter that, you know, hey, you, you say you're not supposed to pick a school because of the coach. I'm picking uh, a school because I like the school itself, and that's, that's all great. But when a new staff comes in, there's still that period of having to get to know them, learn about them, and so he is backing off his commitment, and uh, we'll see if uh, if Louisville continues to, to recruit him and he continues to, to look at Louisville. But Patrick Roberg is now, he is now wide open in his options as well. No, that's interesting. Committing to a school when no one is uh, on campus as a coach or, or they lost their head coach, that's a very peculiar situation to be in probably a great idea to sit on your hands but we'll talk about that kind of as we move forward in the show it's a little bit of our theme today so just kind of uh feeling out the recruiting process and what transpires and and when should things happen and so on and so forth but we'll get back to that gb back to recruiting what else you got for us yeah just a few just a few new offers it's, it's crazy how the uh the sec is really all over the west coast uh georgia has been extremely active uh recent offers clark phillips picked up one mark redmond picked up one he's the colonel mark Corona Del Mar tight end, uh, Ethan Garmers, Garbers, the CDM quarterback. Uh, just a few guys that all picked up new offers from Georgia. Uh, Penn State has been very active. I remember a couple of weeks ago, they offered five freshmen over at Alamany. And last week, they offered six kids from St. John Bosco. Um, Kobe Pepe picked up one, Bo Collins, Chris Hudson, Court Williams, um, uh, Jake Newman, and there's one other player. That I'm forgetting, but uh, interesting to see these schools. I almost kind of feel like, you know, they've always kind of dabbled a little bit out west and specifically in Southern California, but I almost feel like they're kind of seeing, you know, you know maybe USC a little bit down right now, UCLA trying to get back into it. Yeah. So they're kind of almost be like sharks, you know, kind of smelling some blood in the water. And, uh, you know, Auburn has been very active. 
Uh, I already mentioned LSU. Even Clemson, who's as elite as it gets, they're all over the West Coast. Uh, Alabama has always been very active out here. They offered Miles Morale last week. They have already have Tommy Brown on campus. So Miles, who's recovering from that uh, kind of ugly leg injury last year um, against Jay Sarah. I was at that game, and it was pretty ugly. But Miles is hoping to rebound and be back maybe by late June, early July-ish. And he's hoping to be back by the by the uh by the fall, he'll be uh, hoping not to miss any any games at all. Uh, and then UCLA, Keith, it's funny. You know, we kind of picked on them a lot last year, and I just I kind of went out and, and said, you know, I don't think they get recruiting. Um, made a lot of mistakes in terms of just aggressiveness, but they've really turned it around this year in terms of getting kids on campus yes. and getting offers out. And it's uh, it's good to see for them. They had upwards of twenty to twenty five kids this past weekend, and. Uh, some of these guys, I mean, we're talking like elite, elite, big name guys. Several from Arizona that were in town um, for the Rivals event. Keely Ringo was out there. Damian Sellers was out there. Uh, they got Court Williams on campus. Uh, it was a, it was a big deal. So it, it's kind of it's kind of cool to see them kind of learning. They always say Chip's the smartest guy in the room. Well, I think he learned that last year's strategy was not going to work. It failed miserably. They had the sixth or seventh best class in the Pac. 12 they probably never should be outside the top three or four and i'm seeing them kind of change things around this year so uh good to see you know another kid that's just really starting to blow up keith and it's not surprising that's big noah sewell the linebacker uh who just kind of had a really good camp uh, tested off the charts but uh notre dame and auburn both offered him this week so a big time school out of the midwest and obviously auburn's a big time sec school so Good to see offers coming out. Uh, as we always say, offers this time of year don't always mean a lot. Um, Got to keep working. Keep working. And, uh, yeah, man, that's about all I got. Kind of keep it short this week. Yeah, I mean, just want to touch back, circle back really quickly. UCLA and USC are, are struggling. We know that they're struggling on the field. Pretty poor 2018 seasons for both Southern California schools, but I still scratch my head a little bit, Greg, and try to figure out why does the SEC, particularly the SEC West, need to come out here and offer players? They got a lot of guys back there. They can do. They they got that can do a lot of things that the guys out here can do, and I'm not sure um, if this is probably the, the best stomping grounds for them to to pull in players to come out there and compete. It takes a different animal to go to the SEC or into the to the deep south as a California kid, compete and come out successful on the football field. Uh, Najee Harris, is he's one of those kids. Not, Najee's just one of those, you know, I don't really care guys, right? He's He's got that nonchalant attitude of, you know, I don't care what people say about me, I'm going to do my thing. It takes a, a particular kid to go out there and get it done. And I'm not sure if we have a lot of those out here, Greg. I'm just going to keep it 100 with you. Um, so it's just it's just interesting for me. LSU, not a lot of guys out this way have been successful at LSU. And, but, you know, hey, they can continue to throw their fishing line out here and kind of see who bites. They got Jordan Berry to bite. Elias Ricks coming in. He looks pretty solid there. He's got his whole family on campus and he's putting on that number seven in his pictures. I like it. It's just interesting to me. 
you know, one thing on the lies, Rick's kind of good, good uh, heads up for me. You know, Clemson offered him last week as well. And mm. I, I, although I do think he's pretty locked in with LSU, the family's all behind him. And he's got a really strong support system in place out there. He's got some family in the Texas area. So it's not a far drive at all from him to get from one spot to the next. But I know the Clemson offer was pretty intriguing for a lot of reasons. And he told me he's going to take an official visit out there, which is not a big deal because he's going to take all five anyway. So it's not a big deal that like, all of a sudden he's tripping to Clemson. He was, already, he was going to take all five. But I just have a feeling Clemson, uh, the way the family's wired, you know, both parents especially are, are very devout um, Dabo Sweeney has been is very upfront in terms of his his beliefs, and they kind of line up pretty well with with the Ricks family. And so, although I think nothing's if you're a Tiger fan, don't need to worry about anything yet. I will say, just kind of keep your eye out for Clemson. You, just, mm-hmm. just, you never know what could happen. I just, I'm just, just going to say that I think he's still good with LSU, but just watch out for those Tigers, especially. You know that's why I have deep. I, I got my crystal ball for them getting DJ. Uh, we're out of LA. They're they're both close. They're going to probably visit together for the spring game. Um, I, I would not be surprised if if they kind of hang around and, and something happens to LSU. Maybe they have a poor season. Just that's just something to think, something to keep your eye on. Uh, but I do agree with what, it, what you said. Man, the South, the players are a, a different breed. I think the kids that they're offering out here, for the most part, that I've seen, your your Justin Flows, your your Rixes, your Kitty Ringos. Um, your Clark Phillipses, those guys are wired correctly. Right? Mm-hmm. They can they can excel. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not everybody getting an offer. I feel is wired accordingly to go out there and excel. But sure. uh, we shall see. We shall see. We shall see if Ed Ogeron is in prayer this morning. Amen. Coach Ogeron, be it better be in prayer, my man, <laughs> <laughs> and li- line up that faith correctly in the name of the Lord. Moving along, Greg Biggins. Thank you so much. For your recruiting news, it's time, my man. It's time. Every week, we have a sleeper of the week. It's time for our sit and sleep sleeper of the week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, it's our Sleeper of the Week segment. And, you know, I got a, I had a phone conversation not too long ago, Greg, with a, with a college coach. He says, you know what, Keith? You know, one of my secrets to recruiting is I listen to you guys' show, and I pick up that Sleeper of the Week every week. I said, really? He says, yeah. People don't know that. But that's one of my little, it's one of my little uh, sneaky deals. I said, that's interesting. So with that being said, GB, I was proud when he said that um, because, you know, 
you like to put kids on. You like for kids to kind of get some shine who maybe not be get who may not be getting that shine and you next you never know who can you can turn them on to. But whatever case may be, GB, you have our sleeper of the week this week, my man. Why don't you take it away? Keith, that's what brings me more joy outside of my own personal family than seeing players kind of get discovered. It was kind of a student sports way back in the day when there wasn't so much, you know, media and before social media came out and Twitter and whatnot. It was uh, it was exciting to see kids get discovered. And this kid I'm talking about goes by the name of Zach Johnson from Hart High School. Everyone knows about Hart High School. Long, long tradition of outstanding quarterbacks. And you and I were both at the Proway event over the weekend. I yeah. believe that was on Saturday, right? Yes. And um, so later on in the event, then we know we saw you know we saw some young pups that were throwing while we were there. But later on, we got to see the uh, the high schoolers out there, and I was kind of watching one field, and I just saw this ball just fly out of this kid's hand. And there's just a when a guy just has it, he just has it. Yep. It, it just the ball comes out differently. And I noticed like two or three throws. I didn't know who the guy was, which, again, it's kind of cool not to always know who a guy is. But I couldn't help but watch this kid. And it, the guy was ripping it. 6'1"-ish, hmm. um, strong kid, big legs, uh, moved around, smart kid, was calling, the, calling his own plays. And uh, I was really impressed. The next game, I, I'm watching him, and he's actually coaching the team that was playing in the next game. You know, he had the full-on, he had the board with plays, and he's doing this, this. And I had someone go, and I didn't want to bug him, but I go, hey, man, ask that kid who he is. What's his name? Comes back, he says, oh, that's Zach Johnson from Hart High School. Immediately it clicked to a text I got from from Dean Harrington Mm -hmm. over at... um, Where's Dean at? Dean is at... uh, No, Dean's at Paraclete. Paraclete. Yes. That's what I said. Okay, I was, okay. I always want to say Paramount, but he's at Paraclete. Yes, okay. And he sent me a text. You know, obviously his brother Mike coaches at Hart, and he said, this is this a month ago, he said, hey, Hart High School, this guy has it. Watch out for him. He's the real deal. So I texted Dean. I go, hey, Dean, who's the name of the quarterback? He told me from Hart. He said, Zach Johnson. I go, Jim, I'm watching him right now. The kid can rip it. Went home like you did last week after the opening. I did the same thing as you do. I mm-hmm. turn on the tape. Yep. Right? Turn on the huddle. Yep. Want to make sure the guy can play. And sure enough, dude, the guy's running around making plays with his arm and his legs. He threw for uh, almost 3,000 yards last year, uh, 30 touchdowns, uh, rushed for almost 400 yards. And again, I think in the modern, where, where college football is now going, where it's kind of trending, it's not just that 6'5", pocket, Jared Goff-type quarterback. It's more the, the undersized guy that can run around and make plays, that can be dynamic, it's get the ball quick. It, it's it's this guy. I think this guy fits mm-hmm. what a lot of colleges and even NFL teams are kind of starting to kind of trend toward, you know, a lot of the college concepts. And this guy plays in a great offense at heart. He's got a lot of physical tools. People say he's only six feet, six one. The guy can rip it. The guy's got elite arm. He can really spin the football. And uh, I was a big fan of his. So our sleeper of the week this week, Keith, Zach Johnson, hopefully, uh, Hopefully he has a great spring and summer and, and more schools will come on him. I have no idea right now where his recruitment is at. I probably need to check in with him, but the guy could definitely play for someone. Greg, this this is the reason why we have the Hall of Fame Academy Showcase. Um, there are kids out there who, for one reason or another, have not been discovered. Um, they may not be able to go to Alabama, USC, or Oregon, but 
um, they can play at the next level. And I take a lot of pride in, as you do, finding those kids and giving them some spotlight and to see if um, college coaches feel the same way. And so uh, that's that's excellent to hear. Johnson, Hard High School, Harrington Brothers. How long have you? How long have they been doing it, GB? I mean, they've been doing it before I've been doing it. Okay, so yeah. When I started, like in ninety five, ninety six, they were already, you know, they were already doing it and getting quarterbacks to throw for a billion yards. I mean, yeah. back then, nobody was doing what they were doing. Now, a lot of people are trying to throw the ball the way they they can, but they were they were really innovative. Yeah, and, and all they did, they were. It was fun to watch those guys. Yeah, man. Back when Ted Iacinda ran over my Luzinger Olympians. Oh my God, I was in the eighth grade. No, was he I ran over a lot of guys? Yeah, no. You know what? I was in the ninth grade. I was a ninth grader. Aaron Williams. Remember Aaron Williams at Luzinger, Greg? Yep, I do. I do. Big A Dub is what we used to call him. He's like my big brother. He was a stud. Linebacker, fullback, all state, all American. Hart High School comes in to Luzinger High School, playoff game, second round. We got Derek Norris running back 1,800 yards as a junior. Big A dub playing linebacker, fullback. That's all we pretty much had. They stuffed us. I was just a young freshman in the stands watching. I should have probably been on the field, but I was in the stands <laughs> watching. And I'm looking at this fullback from Hart High School, and they're they're really in the spread, right? Let's be honest. Hart was in the spread in 1994. Four wides, one back. Ted I said, I mean, he was a bulldog, and they threw him maybe two or three screen passes. He must have ran over the entire secondary. Yeah, you know, one thing I always liked about those Hart teams is they got so much pub for all, you know, throwing the ball all over the yard. No, they but, were uh, tough. The third part brought Harrington, by the way, it's Rick Harrington, who was a, a big-time defensive coordinator. Big, So, yeah, dude, they played tough, physical, oh. angry defense oh. as well, man. So they had the total package of of seeking Don Coriel, and, and then you got a tough defense. Dude, they were they were really good. There's no question about it. Uh, they were a lot of fun to watch, even though they kicked our tails. And they probably, I don't know, they beat us by 40, 50. It was, it was ugly. And it, it put uh, losing your season to an end. But the Harrington brothers, a lot of respect for them, Greg, for a long time. Probably ever since that game. And I've been a fan from afar ever since then. Uh, but moving along, we want to talk a little bit about the recruiting process. But before we do, GB, hot off the presses this morning, I want to know how you feel about this. Manny Machado, former L.A. Doyer, signs a 10-year, $300 million contract with the San Diego Padres? What, what do you think? Dude, I, I honestly, I know there was some buzz about that, but I just kind of had this vision of, of the Padres being a small market team, right? They couldn't even hang, out, hang on to the Chargers. I kind of thought, oh, they can't afford this guy. But shoot, man, my first thought was, so Manny was the first to sign, right? It's him and Bryce Harper. I go, whoever signs first, the next guy will probably sign for 320. What is my guy Mike Trout going to make in two years? 400 million? He's only going to still be in his 20s when he signs that, that second big deal. So right. I just hope it's with my angels, but I just I don't feel very confident because he sucks so bad in the field. I know the guy wants to win games, man. And there's a lot of teams like the Yankees, Phillies, and Sox that are going to be throwing the bank at my guy Trouty. So. 
Unbelievable, man. Can you even, I can't even comprehend $300 million. I can't <laughs> comprehend what that'd be like. Uh, man, that's, that's living a dream. I can't imagine what that locker room is like. Like, how do your teammates look at you? When you're making $300 million over a 10-year period, you're making $30 million. How do you, like, when you strike out, how do you even look at your team in the face? They're going to, I mean, the expectations have to be astronomical. And the pressure has to be, you know, equivalent to a game seven every time you walk up to bat. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's baseball, right? They, they're the highest-paid athletes on the planet, guaranteed contracts. I, I, I think they get it, you know. It's, but the guy better produce. And, and with the thing with Matt, you're, you were a Dodger fan, or you are a Dodger yeah, fan. Yeah. He was kind of known as a guy who wasn't exactly Charlie Hustle. I didn't even come out. Didn't even actually come out and say, "Hey, I'm not gonna run out every single ground or something yes. like that." Like if yeah. you're making that much money, man, you better be sticking the hardest working guy on the team. Yeah, it just who ten years, three hundred million. Am, am I does, am I teaching my son the wrong sports? He doesn't like baseball much. He got hit in the face with the ball a couple times. He didn't like that. And I'm like, dude, let's go to the batting cage. Let's go hit some. He likes to do that. But man, dude, that was my son's best sport when he was young. He was really good, and he got hit. In a worse spot, yeah. If you know what I'm saying, yeah. Little uh, little lefty threw a threw a sidearm ball that he was starting to swing and nail the right in the crotch. Oh wow! And that was when he wanted to tap out. Yeah, that that that'll make you think about life, dude. I would get Austin Miller to stick and swing the bat. Oh my God, son! Let's go to the. Uh, right after we finish recording, let's go to the bat case. I'm gonna pick you up early from school. We can ditch six period. Let's just go hit the ball. Future modern-day monarch Narbon Gaucho, baby. Give me the scoop. I don't know about that. I love that. I don't know about that, but... Hey, Austin, where are you leaning? (laughs) I like modern-day and Narbon. Okay. Man, don't let Austin gas you up, man. He's going to be going right next door to Gar High School. Gar High School, huh? Yeah, we're going to bring... on the map. We going I'm that type of guy, Greg. I'm not a bandwagon guy. I'm oh, I like I to you. I like to bring a city on our shoulders. We're going to take them where they want to go. But uh you know, nevertheless, let's move on, GB. We want to talk a little bit about the recruiting process before we kind of wrap up today's show, the recruiting process. You talked a little bit earlier about Greg that offers don't mean what offers used to mean. And I had a a little phrase, a little catchphrase that I used to say, offers means offers mean they're interested. Offers mean they're interested. That was my little phrase I used to use maybe a year, maybe two years ago, because I saw the way this thing was going. And I knew that these offers were not like real college athletic scholarship offers. It was more of, hey, we like you. So here's an offer to keep you interested because we're interested in you. You can't commit to it, but it is an offer. So get, you know, market us for free to all your friends and all your classmates and everything else. Um, but, uh, you know, there's no real scholarship paper for you to sign or maybe there won't be in the future either. Let's talk a little bit about GB. Talk to me about the recruiting process, where, what offers are really right now and kind of how you, how do you, um, 
I guess the word I'm looking for is how do you deal with that offer when it comes to locking in a spot? How does that work? I mean, so here's what I think. I'm not even sure this is what you're asking me, but this is kind of where I want to go with it. As a, as a parent, um, I think it's very, very important for kids to understand and families to understand that when it comes to picking a school, it's not always about picking a school that has the biggest name, if you know what I'm saying. Right. right? Which I think a lot of parents, it's an ego for them as much as it is for the kids. I think a lot of parents push their kids to pick schools so that they can go around and say, hey, yeah, my, my kid just signed with USC. Oh, for sure. My kids go to Notre Dame. For sure. My kids go to, you know, wherever. And I think you do everyone a disservice and an injustice when you do that. And there's obviously, if you want to, there's never a wrong reason to go to USC or Notre Dame, obviously, because academically you're going to be set if you handle your business and you take care of your school and network, network accordingly. But if you're looking at it just from a football perspective, there's so much to be said for that kid. I'll give you a great example, Brandon Cooks. Right, that was that was one of my favorite kids I covered in high school. Yeah, early commitment to UCLA. That was his dream school. He was a, a NorCal kid, but he just loved UCLA, loved the Southern California lifestyle and the environment. And he locked his spot in UCLA uh, that season. UCLA floundered, was running a weird offense. Um, just it, they just looked dysfunctional. He had a ton of other pretty big schools coming after him, but he chose Oregon State. Yep, which at the time, was kind of what Oregon State is now. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't what you call a destination place, mm-hmm. right? Right. But look, ended up going out there, killing it. Yeah. First round draft pick, and there's tons of stories like that. So I just, I just want to make sure kids. There's too much of I, I, again, not using the word handler, but there's just too many people that are trying to create this. You know, let's accumulate as many offers as we possibly can because it makes us look good. It makes you look good. And then from from all those offers, now let's pick the biggest name school so it makes you look good, makes us look good. Instead of, hey, where can my kid play next year? Or where can my kid have the most long-term success three or four years from now? If you're going to send your kid out of state, you, you better pick a school where he's going to be happy because Dude, that's a hard adjustment. Not just college football, but leaving home and playing somewhere else that you're not used to. So if you're going to send your kid out of the state, he needs to be at a place where he can play and be comfortable and be realistic about it. it, it not every kid who has an offer from these big SEC schools is, is an SEC-level talent. And I think it's up to people that are advising the kid to kind of have some self-awareness and realize that. So... I'm not sure that's where you're going, Keith, or if I answered a completely opposite question from what you what you're asking me. That's just kind of where my mind was going when we we're talking this kind of off air, sure. off air kind of a conversation. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good with that. You know, I want to touch on. So first thing is, people who are involved, they need to stop trying to create value for themselves. That's what it sounds like, right? To me, on the outside looking in. Um, when when kids are either pushed in a certain direction or urged in a certain direction or floated in a certain direction, 
It's because someone in their circle is trying to create value for themselves. And I've seen that. I've been around it. I've seen it from up close. I've seen it from afar. Um, Never agreed with it because they're not going to hold themselves accountable when if and when things don't work out. That's number one. Number two, as a parent of an athlete or of as a parent of athletes, of young athletes, when it's my kid's time, you know, God willing, um, when they begin getting recruited, there will be no one other than myself and my wife, which is their mother, who will be involved in the recruiting process. Um, their coach, of course, will do the coach's part, but people have to start taking some of their own responsibility and accountability. Now, I know people come from different situations. Everybody does not have a two-parent household. Greg, let's be just be real and honest about that. Uh, but at the same time, this is student-athletes, this is your life. Don't be forced into anything by anyone. This is, these are your choices. At the end of the day, you have to stand up and be accounted and be accountable. You cannot point the finger at your handler. You cannot point the finger at your uh, high school coach, your seven-on-seven coach, your trainer. At the end of the day, this is your life to live, like the soap opera, one life to live. You've got to do what's best for you and not what everybody's telling you to do or pushing you to do to create value for themselves so that they can somehow get some money from somebody somewhere down the line for doing something. That's all I got, GB. I'm going to leave it right there. That's all I got. Yeah, no, that was good. And and just to kind of piggyback on maybe the earlier question, just in terms of what is an offer? What exactly is an offer? What's a committable offer? Um, I, I think it's important to know that all offers are not all treated the same. It, it depends on, you know, kind of what level of prospect you are. Right now, if you're Clark Phillips and you get an offer from a school, that is a committable offer because everybody in the world wants Clark Phillips. But a lot of other players, you may get an offer, but if you try to commit right now to that offer, again, not naming names, but, you know, like I said, Penn State offered five kids Malamini, freshmen. I will guarantee you probably none of those offers are committable right now. It's, it's kind of like, hey, we like you, here's an offer, but you don't commit to it yet. Um, maybe in a few years, if you keep developing, then this offer will actually mean something, which begs the question, why even offer in the first place? It's, it, it's, kinda, it's, just, it's weird where recruiting is nowadays. Uh, I, would, I will say this. There's a lot of people. Um, I'm a big prof- proponent of, of being active in whether you're playing seven-on-seven, seven, whether you're playing track, uh, playing track, running track, playing yeah. basketball, baseball, multi-sport. And I know colleges evaluate all those different areas. Um, you know, I'd gone to volleyball games just to watch a middle blocker because he was a left tackle. I wanted to see how his feet were. And it was just, a, I like volleyball anyway, so it was just kind of fun Sweet. to watch. So the thing is, you're always being evaluated. Um, but understand this. Offers are cemented in pads, Correct. No so question. You may get 50 offers this offseason because of your seven on seven work, which is awesome, because of how you look maybe on a basketball court, which is great, maybe because you run a 10, 700 meter, which is awesome. But just know this if you go out next fall in the pad and you lay a complete egg, guess what happens, guess what happens to those offers that you accumulated over the spring and summer? Uh, they're not going to be there anymore. So while I do think offers matter 
And if you get one by playing great in seven on seven, I'm gonna I'm gonna high five you and say congratulations. You need to show how you look in pads, or else that school will pull that offer so fast, your head will spin three different times around your head like the what is that movie, The Exorcist? Yep. That'll that'll happen. So <laughs> that'll be uh, you. <laughs> yeah. Stay hungry, man. You always got to stay hungry, and uh, and don't just be content with with getting an offer and thinking, okay, I've arrived. Now you got to always stay hungry. It kind of goes back to that dog mentality we talked about last week, man. You doesn't matter how many offers, or even if you don't have an offer, uh, you, you always kind of have to keep playing with a little bit of a chip, a little bit of a chip, no matter what. Because shoot, man, it, unless you're Justin Flo or or Bryce Young, DJ Clark, Elias. A lot of those other schools that are offering you right now, they'll take a commit from somebody else, and your offer's gone. No so question. You have to be very careful how you manage your recruitment. No question about it. Parents, you need it. Parents, wake up, step up. Uh, adults, please stop trying to take advantage of these kids. It's, it's disgusting and vile. That's all I got, GB. It's time to bring this baby to a close. We appreciate you for joining us here on Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. It's your man, Greg Biggins. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Richie Hammond. Y'all be cool.